And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh, yeah! Welcome to No Buffs, where we are going to recap... Episode 1 of Survivor 41. Yes, it is here. 16 painful months, but it's here, baby. An episode called <laughs> A New Era. Let's do this. Come on in, guy. No, no, whoa, not guys. Whoa, whoa. Uh, oh, pull that back. Not guys anymore. We'll get to that. I'm Tess Mellis. I'm a Survivor noob, but I have some bet or some vets, excuse me, helping me out. I got JD making the magic happen. What's up, JD? Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. And for the duration of Survivor 41, we are lucky to have Crooked Media's Jason Concepcion. Jason, are you ready for this? I am ready. <laughs> I am just, just, I just want to give the floor to you guys because I know the oh, exuberance man. you were feeling when you saw Jeff Probst's face for the first time. Just quickly, 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 <laughs> quickly, quickly, housekeeping. Make sure to subscribe to the new No Buffs podcast and YouTube channels because this will be the last one that's on the No Dunks feeds. The rest of them are going to be exclusively on the No Buffs channels. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to it. We got a two-hour episode to recap. Again, 16 months without Jeff's face, and then oh. he showed up, fade from black. There's Jeff on his own, <laughs> walking out. Jason, how did you feel seeing that guy? It, it, it felt great. It really did feel great. I had, I have I have missed it. Um, in a sense, it hasn't left my life at all because I've been binging so much Survivor. But it it was great to have it back live with the commercial breaks, with the you know the break after the final tribal. Stay tuned for more uh, clips <laughs> from our next episode. You know, like and not just immediately having it jump to the to the votes. Like it, all of that, it f just felt like a live sporting event. It felt great to be back into it. And I know JD, uh, there was a little bit of trepidation, like all these changes going into Survivor 41, 39 mm -hmm. days, usually down to 26 days, uh, the game within the game, the shot in the dark die, the beware challenge, the breakdown of the fourth wall, all that going in after Jeff's spiel, which was a very good spiel to start it off. How are you feeling about uh, Survivor 41 vibes? Oh, totally the same. I was uh, very, very pumped to see Jeff. Uh, as far as the breaking the fourth wall, that <laughs> he he came so close to being like, "Oh, hi, didn't see you there," you know, <laughs> coming through the. Uh, <laughs> so I was a little cringe there. I love how he just casually hides a, a, a clue or a, a, an advantage oh. in the uh, in the branch there, just just on his way out of the forest, which was great. Um, ultimately, uh, 
loved that Survivor was back. I was pumped. My heart was beating. Like Jason just said, it was like a sporting event. I would imagine that's how people feel when they watch sports. But uh, yeah, I I was uh, I was just happy to be back. And wow, sixteen months. It's crazy when you think about it. Like it, it actually was over a year, and that is a very long time to be without one of my favorite shows. Yeah, they they showed a shot of the crew from behind. I think when I, yeah. mean, I guess it was just a touch later on, but I thought that was a nice touch. I guess they don't usually do that. That's a no no, right? In in this setting, I thought that was a mm-hmm. nice little shout out to to them a little bit. Uh, any more feelings on why they've gone from 39 days to 26 days after the 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 jeff spiel i mean oh go ahead yeah i think we we uh we established that it was because of quarantine everybody had to go through a 14-day quarantine this was shot back in i think march of this year so uh vaccines weren't super available then so i think people everybody had to go through the 14 day uh quarantine and they did two seasons so that's that's the reason as far as i can tell for the the shorter uh play time interesting what were you gonna say there jason i was oh i was i was gonna say the exact same thing and that you know at least for this episode we'll see as we carry on obviously i didn't I, I didn't feel the increased pace maybe as much as I was expecting to off the bat because, you know, the first couple of episodes are always so scrambly. Everybody's just feeling each other out. So it felt um, it, it, it felt like Survivor. It didn't feel mm-hmm. meaningfully like a different show. It felt like a continuation of the show um, that I have grown to love. But are we going to get a double elimination essentially every week? Because this was day nah. three of 26 days and we got to get rid of another 15 people here. So there's like 23 days left, 15 people. It's going to be a double elimination like every every time. JD, you say no. I can't see it. I mean, I don't think so. Um, I looked on the, uh, the Game Within a Game website and there's 11 slots. So 11 right. episodes. Now, does that mean that there's only uh, 10 episodes left? I don't know. It could be that... They just stop playing the game. The game within a game may end before the series this season is over. So I think it's going to be it's going to be spread out like a normal uh, survivor um, season, I would think. And re- real quick, getting back to the shots of the uh, the crew. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am a survivor I the one of the things I, I've always loved about this show is that you never see the crew. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I hated seeing the crew. I hated <laughs> it. I hated that part of the breaking the fourth wall. and 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 also when we jumping way ahead, this Jeff talking to us as the audience, when he's when we're at tribal council council and he's like, First travel council. Let's do this. I, I was out. I'm out. I don't like it. I, I do not like that part of it. Mm-hmm. It was so cringe to me. And th- this idea that that he's, oh, f- he's finally going to talk to the audience. Well, who is he talking to if not the audience when he's, you know, breaking down these the, the challenges as they happen? He's doing play by play. It's not f- necessarily for the players. It's for us at home. So... And it, there's a lot of narration that happens, and I like that the 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 players are telling their own stories. 
It's just sort of like a peek behind the curtain that sort of ruins the magic for me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, I get it. I For me, for a first episode after uh, over a year away, it felt appropriate for Jeff to address the audience and sure. for Jeff to kind of show the crew in that kind of like very sparing, you know, it was only like two or three shots and then you had the little like uh, sound effect of speeding, uh, ready to go, yeah. survivor for that kind of thing. That, that felt appropriate to me in this kind of introductory episode as we're coming back from this pandemic after all the conversation about like uh, diversity behind the scenes as well to kind of show the crew. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I will say it will be weird if it continues on in yeah. the same kind of manner. Then I might feel differently about it, but for this episode, I, 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 it did not bother me at all. It, it, felt, it, it felt like the right thing to do after having been away for so long. Yeah. And I don't I mean, think, sorry, JD, I don't think he really did it all that much. I mean, it was a no. couple looks at the camera, uh, a, a, a hey, come at me on Twitter thing, but I probably yeah, won't was. check it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to look at my replies. Are you kidding? I liked the the shot of the crew. I understand that that's not what they do. But I think, I think, and why I, I mentioned the question about 26 days versus 39 days, I think they tried to jam two seasons into one window and i could be wrong but i think they're really pushing the crew there's crews all over the u.s who are thinking about striking actually this has nothing to do with mm -hmm. survivor but the yeah. fact that they're working so freaking hard out there the the union reps are thinking about striking it's a conversation because they're working seriously long days so i'm putting two and two together that's pure speculation but i think they're they're just being pushed to the edge of extinction uh -huh. no but they're they're working <laughs> a lot uh so i think that's why there was a little crew shot uh maybe it was even added in recently i i don't know because the yeah as you said jd it was recorded six months ago and just now um, we're getting to a point where these crews are getting a little angry with how much they're being worked because the film industry is trying to catch up like uh, like yeah, a lot sure. of other uh, industries. But I cut you off, J.D. G give it no, to I was me. Just gonna, I was just going to say, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I would watch I would watch a full season of the making of every single episode behind the scenes, see how the, uh, the sausage is made, so to speak. I am fascinated by that. But when it comes to the game of Survivor, I want to be fully immersed. And I think part of why they did this was to to try to immerse the viewer even more into the experience. But for me, it had the exact opposite. It took me out of it and was like, oh, yeah, they were shooting a show. And, oh, they're not alone on the beach just talking what? about stuff. In my back of my mind. Wait, JD, did you not know lights. that they were not alone? On the <laughs> <laughs> did you not know? What? Yeah, I, of course I know <laughs> yeah. that. But it, but I'm like, I want to be in yeah. on it. I want to be I that, 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 that I want to be one of the guys standing on the the, the beach with them and, and listening like fly on the wall type yeah, thing. And when it. I'm seeing mics and cameras, it takes me out of it. You know, you're not alone on the beach like Jason. I, I didn't even mention his backdrop. Right I am alone on, on the beach right now, as, <laughs> as you all can see. Um, very, uh, some, you know, very basic equipment that I have here on the beach <laughs> flies are around right now. Um, but it, luckily I was able to get a power source and get that up and going, but it may cut out at any time. But uh, again, thanks for putting up with this. Okay. Well, let's get you on the barge, uh, with, with the rest of the contestants, contestants. Let's, let's 
meet them r- real quick. Uh, I it was I thought just nice little you know obviously they they do the uh, the nice feel good stories off the top. There was Nasir. Uh, who is uh, Sri Lankan, who learned English watching Survivor. Yeah, <laughs> so that was cool. Th- that was cool. Thanks, thank Jeff. Uh, that, was, that was neat. Uh, JD, the charismatic JD, we met him off the bat. Man, he is going to play a big, big role in this. And then Evie, the first non-binary contestant. And what I said off the top, uh, where, I, where I mentioned the, uh, the come on in guys that Jeff has always said, Jeff asked, and, and Evie spoke up, if uh, Come On In Guys is cool anymore. Evie said, yeah, totally fine. Um, but that changed a little later in the episode. So that was, uh, that was interesting, you know, the, the crew trying to stick with the, uh, the times. Anyway, so uh, the three tribes on the barge, Luvu, Ua, and the Yasa tribe, they weren't dressed to jump in the water. Does that <laughs> usually happen? Yeah, they're never dressed they're for, ne- the, yeah. <laughs> for the occasion. <laughs> they don't learn. I guess they gotta. They want to come looking good, and so they're not ready to. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they go through their stuff. Like the yeah. uh, production looks at what you had. Like, if anybody's ever watched Survivor, be like, man, I would go in full Gore-Tex, like fleece, right. like like you know the highest tech. Uh, you know, North Face. No, they pull that shit out. There's a reason why Nick wore his suit coat for the entire yeah. season because yeah. they do that on purpose. And why, like Angelina, wore gray leggings that were rotting for the entire <laughs> the entire season because they go through it and they'll and they'll make sure they curate your wardrobe. Okay, so and they color coordinated as well yes. to, ah, to match everybody uh, with their their tribes there. So. Yeah. We're seeing pictures, if you're watching on YouTube, of uh, the green tribe, Ua, and then the, uh, what is it? Yase? Yase. 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 And they're sort of yellow and orange, and they kind of they kind of all match, and it's kind of cool the way they do that. They must instruct them. I mean, when I send my kids to camp, they're like, bring a yellow, green, and red shirt, because you're going to be playing Capture the Flag, and I'm sure it's exactly <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's always crazy to me watching Survivor, and it's like, why are you wearing a knit? Why are you wearing a car- like a wool <laughs> cardigan? It's raining out here. <laughs> like, uh, because they make you know they make them do it. They're like, "Yep, you're taking your you're taking your grandma's cardigan out to the beach, right. and you're going to be in that the whole time." All right, so they meet Jeff on the barge. First challenge. Here we go. Three teams, three tribes, ready to go. You got to find paddles on the barge, and you got to jump in the oh. water, get the entire tribe in a boat paddle around a buoy and race back to get the flint from Jeff and win team immunity from the next challenge. So Ua, which is JD we mentioned, Sarah, healthcare consultant, Shan, the Canadian pastor, Ricard, the flight attendant, Jeannie, the grocery clerk, or maybe I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah, getting right. yeah. Oh, she's, right. she's on there. And Brad, uh, the cattle rancher who, Jason, you've got a good comp for. Uh, yeah, he, uh, this is, uh, I call him Beef Walton because of his, uh, the fact that he is a rancher and the fact that he looks exactly <laughs> like Bill Walton. Uh, beef Walton, Daddy Beef, Father Beef, um, <laughs> Big Brad Meat, all of those nicknames were thrown around as I was watching Brad and his gigantic chompers over the course of this first episode. <laughs> he looks Exactly like Bill Walton. <laughs> exactly. I think he sounds like him too. If you go in uh, on Paramount Plus, they have uh, 
they have a deleted scene of when uh, his tribe gets fire for the first time. And he sounds exactly to me like uh, Bill Walton. I want a 12 inch from DeMarcus. <laughs> that Bill Walton. <laughs> Billy. Yeah. Bill could be on this show for sure. Oh, he would. He, he oh, would absolutely God, yeah. thrive on this show. He'd <laughs> he find talk- like some hallucinogenic plant out there in the, <laughs> in, the, in the jungle and come back. Okay, everybody, we got to try this. <laughs> it's like Bob Weir used to say. <laughs> oh, I love Phil. it. He's going to make an appearance. Anyway, so uh, Ua takes the lead. They get in the boat. They're flying. Luvu, this was wild. They get stuck in the water. Danny, the football player, Deshaun, the med student, Samir, the salesman, uh, Heather, the stay-at-home mom, and Erica, the comm manager, and Sydney, the law student. They get in the boat, and they start paddling. They are putting... (laughs) This is is Survivor. They're on for the first time. They are paddling their hearts out, and they're not moving. I guess maybe they're not moving. They're they're moving, like, up and down, but the boat isn't moving. No. Because it's clipped onto something, I guess the, the, the production crew had to clip the boat so they didn't you know, float away. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but they just, they just paddled for so long <laughs> without any forward propulsion. That was It was nuts, so right? funny. I, mean, I would probably it do something so like that. It was so funny. <laughs> it was. Totally. I mean, in their defense, number one, it's day one. Yeah. Within five minutes of playing, it's like the... You know, you're living out your dream. You're like, holy shit, I'm on Survivor, and now I got a paddle. I've got a challenge, and I, you're just singularly focused. We found all our paddles. We're in the boat. Let's do this. And also, uh, I don't know, but it the boat may have been clipped on both sides. I've mm. heard, I heard uh, Tyson on his podcast this morning say it's possible that it was it was clipped on both sides, and he just didn't realize that it was clipped on the back. But who knows? Double clipped. So, but it the image of of them literally just standing still in the water when and the the other tribe is just smoking them is yeah is just one of the be- one of the greatest fails right out of the gate. If it weren't for Yassay oh my gosh. not being able to find their paddle. And I mean, that is embarrassing. It's It sucks when Jeff is up there saying, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen I mean, in my hurts. life. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so they're, or, they're... or when, I, I forget who it was. It might have been David who tried to, or Xander, who tried to climb into the crow's nest. No, with, that was David. With, with Jeff, and Jeff's like, it's not up here. I promise <laughs> yeah. you it's not up here. <laughs> That was the first moment I started to hate David, and it just it just accelerated. Yeah, he tried to get up there, tried to be smart. I mean, it, it, to me, it was a little like the only season of Survivor I watched last season. I forget his name, but who went up to the podium and and grabbed the fleur de lis yeah, and said, "Adam, oh Adam, Adam is this? Can the I idol? play that? <laughs> yes, that. Can I play it? Uh, so yeah, they're still they uh, Yase is still on the boat looking for it, and actually. Uh, Liana found it eventually. She spotted it like, right. way up, way up high, and she goes up to it. And David says, "Oh, it's right there." You know, he's one of those that I, I knows hate it that. All. Oh, come on, yeah, mm. right. Mm. I see. So David Voce, and they're faunting him as Voce, his last name. Yeah. 
I guess that's what his preference was. Um, uh, which uh, voice in Italian, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. If anybody okay. gives a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> he has a voice. He's got yeah. he's got some Ben Shapiro vibes uh, for me. <laughs> Maybe that's that's my uh, my feeling. But you actually in the preview, Jason, you said he was fascinating. Like you were intrigued by him uh, because I, I am intrigued by him, and and th- that intrigue has only grown deeper and more intense as I watched the episode. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, in the uh, very in the EW coverage and some of the kind of like uh, short uh, video clips um, in which the contestants introduce themselves, he said that his comp and the person he's modeling himself after is 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 Russell Hans, which is yeah. uh, it, it just weird to me to model yourself after one of the most reviled and <laughs> incomplete survivor players ever. Like he is. Got everything but the social game. Unfortunately, the social game is the entire thing. Um, right. And then, you know, over the course of the episode, uh, just weird, uh, weird uh, gameplay from him. You know, I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody, which may be the case, but not in this context, you know. And then he just, uh, you know, with the savvy or strong challenge choice, he just like... He like broke his own ankles with that. Like he he didn't want to do it, and then he just right. was like, "Yeah, but I'll do it." And then he bamboozled himself into doing it. So really strange gameplay from him thus far. Right. Yeah. So yeah, um, Ua and Yase they had to go through the the savvy and sweat because Luvu won that first challenge. Yeah. So you mentioned the savvier sweat. I was interested with this. So they had a, a brain teaser. Right. Was the savvy. You've probably seen it on a social media platform. How many triangles are in this image? And both teams, both Ua and Yase, chose the sweat option instead of doing this because you had to come to an agreement, I think, with your tribe and only make one guess at it. Uh, right. If you yes. if you pick this this seven. so what do you guys think is it is is it a no brainer to go with the sweat just because you're gonna complete it even if you complain about it like Mr. Voce or or do you go with the the triangle one because you don't have to break your back to do it. I mean, for me, uh, I think they both said it. Both tribes said it. We we just got our asses handed to us. Let's take the safer option because mm. the the last thing they want to do is have another another uh, uh, loss right yeah. away, right? And not have their supplies. I mean, the, right. the sweat part of it, pain in the ass for sure. And Voce is correct in that it separates the tribe, which is what you don't want to happen, right. especially that early in the game. So that's why he was pro uh, triangle. But I would be... I'm intimidated by this. I mean, I looked... I, on yeah. Reddit to try to find the answer. It's hard. And this is what I came up with. 51. Somebody posted this and, you know, could they figure it out? But you get one guess, right? So if you're off by one, if you just forget yeah. one. According to this piece of paper, the answer is 51 and it breaks it down. Uh, you know, and I, th- I think if the three of us were there, we could probably do it, maybe. But... Just to put all your eggs into that one guess and then you don't get it? I don't know. Here's Well, here's I, my method. I agree with you. I think that ultimately I think they all made the right decision after we saw, you know, 
uh, after we saw Luvu row for 20 minutes and not understand that they must <laughs> be clipped to something, um, you know, I think that they made the right choice. That right. said, um, I think the way you go about the triangle, the, the, the savvy is you have everybody try and count up the triangles, but don't do it out loud. And then mm. when everybody has it, you go, okay, what do we have? And then whatever number that you all have, that's the number. If you have four different numbers, forget it. If right. three of you or four of you have the same number, that's probably right. Yeah, I... So I, do you think that if they got it, if they couldn't agree on an answer, they could just say, fuck it, we're going to go do the sweat? Is that... Because uh, this, this is lifted right out of the Amazing yeah. Race. They have these challenges all the time. It's a, called a detour, I think. And you get the choice. And you can abandon one for the other, but it was unclear to me if once they chose what they were doing, they would have to do that. But uh, I agree with you, Jason. That's exactly how you should approach it, but I don't know. It's it's a lot of pressure, too. And if one guy is saying, it's 51, and then somebody else is saying, no, it's 50, you know, you know what I mean? And then yeah. you go with one, and then you're just like, you either, you're the hero of the day, or you've now you've screwed up twice. And, and then ultimately, the lack of resources is is a huge uh, is a huge driver right now yeah. of pressure. The light, we haven't seen this amount of like early resource pressure on the game in a, in a while. So it, I think it's smart that they played it safe here. Um, that said, I think that the, the savvy was absolutely doable if they wanted to do yeah. it. Luke Reese chimed in here on uh, YouTube, and he threw up that they had four hours to complete four hours. That was a long time. Four, wow, hours? four hours to complete it the was challenge. Four hours, yeah. yeah. It, it was backbreaking going back and forth, grabbing that water and, and filling those two barrels. So they would have had less time to complete the other one. I suppose if that was, uh, if those were the circumstances, uh, if you, if you chose the savvy. Here's the thing that I, I, I found interesting, uh, from Yase and, and David and Xander, who were the two who paired off to, to carry the water. Again, uh, Voce didn't want to do it, but then volunteered to do it and ended <laughs> up doing it. Um, now maybe it's the edit, right? But, but we mm -hmm. saw with, uh, with, uh, Luvu that, uh, uh, Danny and uh, Deshaun, they just like talked the whole time. Xander mm -hmm. and Voce, it was like they just in silence trudged <laughs> up and down the beach. It's like, right. you guys need to take advantage of this time and figure and talk and figure something out. But it's like they didn't interact until they were done and then they just like high fived and collapsed on the sand. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, that was really which is a great point because they were being accused of that on with by the other team members going, those guys are bonding yeah. like hell over there, but they actually didn't seem to be as you say, Jason. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, what happened with Luvu was Nasir went to go look for Danny and Deshaun, and they right. were at that point because they were taking a little for break. Fire he went to go look for firewood. He yeah. went to go look for yeah. firewood. Yeah, he was snoo snooping. Obviously, he wanted to create the divide, which would also be a pro of, you know, the six people doing the, the savvy together because, you know, yeah. the separation, you know, you know, obviously separates people. And Nasir assumed that Danny and Deshaun were looking for idols and they stopped working. So he went back and reported to everybody else, hey, those guys are screwing us. They're wasting their time. <laughs> um, so Nasir tries to cause a little rift. Uh, is that is that a smart move in Survivor to, to start screwing around there? I, 
I see Jason you know, saying, yeah. I, I think Jason. that it's a, personally, I think that it's, again, like it's a little Monday morning quarterback to be like, well, here's what I would do. But it feels like a common mistake is um, when you pass on the information, you're trying to, Nasir tried to steer it in a direction. Oh, let's think about voting them. Mm-hmm. Just come back and say, oh, man, I saw them looking for idols. Hey, I get it. Survivor. You know, let, and let everybody else do with that information what they will and think about it in the way they think about it. I just think if you try to steer it too quickly, too soon in the game, that is often a way that you get burnt by that information. Yeah, I agree, I agree 100 percent. And gathering everybody together was probably a mistake as well. You know, just tell them individuals like, hey, man, you know, I saw yeah, these yeah. guys. They were looking for idols. Another mistake he he made and, you know, hindsight 2020, but he probably shouldn't have said off the bat before they started doing it. Hey, we're not going to talk about strategy. And then he immediately turns around and starts talking yeah. about strategy. Right. So that was a bad look on him as well. And I don't necessarily think that was his fault. And I think his heart may have been in the right place. It's like I said that we weren't going to talk strategy. Right. And then you guys are turning around and burning us. Right. Like you're you're betraying us by looking for uh, for idols. So I think in his mind, he's totally in the right. But hey, man, that's Survivor. Right? Little little Boston Rob energy to be like, yeah, we got it. We're not talking strategy. Let's just all agree right now. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, so uh, the the tribe that got immunity, Yase, is is hanging out. Evie, I thought you guys tell me was doing a great job of bonding with everybody. She was she had some Bill Walton vibes. If he was on the show, like he she or they were talking to Evie was talking to everybody. Yeah, uh, bonding with Liana, bonding with Abraham, and then Abraham started complaining about Tiffany. Uh, Abe was ready. Right. Abe was ready. Tiffany was not part of the challenge, I suppose. Didn't go after a paddle or something. So Abraham went after her immediately. Uh, Then Liana got into it and told Tiffany that Abraham wants her out. Is that a dumb move by Abraham? Obviously, foreshadowing here wasn't a great move. (laughs) But uh, he said Tiffany isn't strong enough. Is that an old school way of playing Survivor, thinking that you got to bring the strongest people, the people that can do the challenges, Jason? Wow. You know, yes and no. Yes, in that we've seen time and time again that that keeping the tribe strong is often a, 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 a way to just shoot yourself in the foot. It never works out quite the way that you think it will. That said, with the lack of resources again and with the way they are limiting access to Flint, access to the machete, it, the challenges mean a lot more now. They mean a lot mm-hmm. more. And, it, and it, I think it remains to be seen how that will play out over the course of the competition. But at least from episode one, you have to weigh those rewards a lot differently now. And so uh, I think there is a different calculus to keeping the tribe strong than there has been in recent seasons. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I read an interview with him, uh, Abraham, who was, spoiler alert, eliminated at the end of this episode. <laughs> he said, I have gone back and watched every survivor. The strongest person was not voted out first ever. Uh, so he thought he was in a good position to play that card. To, you think he yeah. was the stri- Did he think he was the strongest, though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, if he said it. I guess in his tribe, 
Maybe he was if we go back and look, uh, if we had a strength test amongst those six. But we've got Danny, the football player, uh, yeah. in another one. We've got a track star. Uh, we've got the, the swim star and, and Sarah. Uh, we've got some some strength. But, yeah, I guess he did think that. Uh, and he was he, he played it right off the bat. They went from, yes, they went from feeling good, winning that first challenge to yeah. uh, Abraham throwing bows like day one and a half or whatever day that was. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that shot him, uh, shot himself in the foot there. Um, but, uh, on, uh, on that, on that side, uh, David and Sander, they finished the water test successfully. Mm-hmm. And then Danny and Deshaun, uh, they finished theirs successfully. Um, on the Ua tribe, JD, again, this, uh, young charismatic guy, uh, and Sarah, they're bonding over their age, but I wanted to mention this to you, Jason, because Ricard, the flight attendant. He got he the, caught the, he caught a bad vibe immediately. <laughs> exactly. You you said it in the preview. He's a people watcher, and he did not trust JD immediately. This young kid from Oklahoma. Uh, he, I mean, the smile on this kid. The camera loves him. Uh, yeah. But Ricard called it out immediately. He said, "No, I, no, I do not trust this guy." I like JD a lot. It might just be one of those oil and water things where sometimes somebody just rubs you the wrong way. I will say. And this is jumping ahead a bit, but after um, uh, the solo trek uh, that JD got sent on with, uh, I believe it was Danny and Xander. Yep. Um, I, after that, when they when he came back and explained what he's doing, I kind of get what Ricard is getting at. JD is a little bit of an a little bit of an over talker, mm-hmm. a little bit of an over explainer in a way that makes him come off as slightly disingenuous so from ricard's perspective i get it um but i you know jd's a fun character at this point i definitely was not expecting ricard immediately to be like out no and that and that as you said was before he went on that trek which uh yeah revealed some things but and in sarah the same sarah immediately was like something something off you know Mm-hmm. But that tribe, uh, you know, I'll throw the names out there. You said Sarah, it's JD, as well as Ricard and Shan uh, and Brad. There's a, there's there's a lot of talking. Uh, even Ricard, yeah, we, we mentioned JD. Uh, the the a uh, bit of uh, a, a confidence, you know, bordering on arrogance. But Ricard is the whisperer. <laughs> I mean, and 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 even in the uh, for me, I don't know how you feel, JD, but when we get to uh, the the first tribal council, Ricard was the shit disturber uh, to some degree. I mean, he was he was the one um, ready to get in there, and, and he was you know he was trying to run things. But you also have Shan the pastor in that one, who you uh, were very high on uh, in the preview. Yeah, um, who's playing both sides extremely well. You've got JD, um, and, and uh, so there's there's some uber personalities in, in that one. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I am loving Shan's game so Same. far. I love I love her whole vibe. I love that she's written her own theme song for yeah. when she's, uh, <laughs> she's scheming and plotting. Uh, and shout out to the composers who just who composed the, her entire score while doing while that scene was unfolding. I, I hope she gets some publishing action off of that because uh, <laughs> it was actually really, really cool and good. Um, uh, but yeah, I, 
it's a little early, but I think Rickard could end up being a bit of a villain here because yeah. he did catch a vote. I don't know if you noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Jeannie, Jeannie voted for that him. That was Jeannie. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not digging his vibe. Uh, I have to be honest. Um, and I think the main reason is because he was, he sold himself in his, his little bio that he is funny. Like he thinks that he's going to be the funniest person out there. I didn't see any funny Ricard. Like I I didn't see him be funny at all. His confessionals weren't, weren't particularly funny. Um, he, he seems like, uh, I don't know. He's just a typical survivor schemer to me so far. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I gotta say, I, I, I sort of agree with you. I think first of all, that Shan, from what we saw is playing extremely well and is playing the kind of game that gets you pretty far because she's having conversations with lots of people. She's getting promises, Final three, us, us two, us four, from different groups of people. And she's not being like, it's always somebody else throwing it out when they went to those clips, which is great. Um, but Ricard, you know, my it, my knee-jerk reaction was, I think he's playing a little too hard or obviously hard. Um, mm. And I, and that, this early doesn't often work that well. I can see with the kind of personality sets that they have on this tribe, Ricard becoming a target pretty quickly um, if right. he continues to play the way he's been playing. And I think the fact that um, Jeannie threw it out there, you're right, JD, like that, that um, means that she caught a vibe. It was also like that was that tribal. I felt bad for Jeannie and for uh for Beef Walton because it was clear that they were just not involved in any of the conversations that were good. Like Jeannie's vote was a very, very random, I haven't spoken with anyone for four hours vote. (laughs) (laughs) That or it was planned that way because if Sarah knew that she was on the outs and she used that die to, uh, to get out of it, then that vote would be there to catch whatever they would end up being a tie between i guess i guess what was it brad and uh it would have been brad and ricard at the end there so it but yeah you could be a hundred percent right it's it's very hard to tell this early in the game i think i agree with everything you just said jason i think that ricard is very very lucky that he's on the same tribe as jd who seems to be playing not as not as uh just as hard but not as nuanced and he's just so enthusiastic and it's just youth and he's just happy to be there it's a thrill of a lifetime for all of them obviously but he is just 100 percent. his whole personality he's he's even said in his confessionals like i based my whole persona on survivor on my my heroes are survivors so for him to be there and he's like trying not to play hard he says but he is he is I mean, definitely is very much tap dancing his way yeah. all the way he up that mountain you know? he's playing <laughs> very very hard i mean he immediately was like yeah i'm two-time state track champion it's like why are you telling people this like don't, don't <laughs> yeah. talk about this <laughs> oh, when, when he got that extra vote uh when, when he saw that when he was voting he let out a huge yeah yeah. Um, he he is absolutely <laughs> ready to go, but he he wasn't always like that. 
wasn't always like that. I like the backstory of him with the braces and the glasses. And um, <clears throat> he's uh, he's changed. Survivor changed him. And uh, it is it is interesting. Him and Ricard in the same group there. I, I loved uh, Jeannie just she she obviously was you know showing us showing us something show, just wanted to declare that ricard was uh somehow whatever the word is i don't know getting under her skin or or, yeah. or 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 just as you guys said playing too hard because through every conversation she would not say a name she would not drop smart. a name uh and smart, uh, yeah people were asking her and she said um, I don't want to vote anyone. Uh, it's a, that's a right. quote from her. And, and when Sarah try, or Shan tried to to get something out of her, but we have to vote someone. Uh, she also I mean, added. So. That's just one of those classic like you got to get them to say who they're thinking for. Like you just can't mm-hmm. say in in that conversation. You can't be the person who goes. I think it should be Ricard. Like yeah. I don't know. What are you thinking? Like that's you've just got to get them to say what they're thinking first. Right, and the producers had to have shown that to us on purpose because, yeah. as you said, JD, they didn't need to show us um, that vote because uh, it was inconsequential to who was being voted off. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah, definitely something to to look out for. So let's let's get to the protect or risk your vote. Jason, you mentioned they trekked up a mountain. There was that's right. The boat showed up and said, uh, "One of you from each tribe, you got you got to get on here." Danny, the football player. He, uh, he logged the water. He said, I'll do this too. No problem. I got it. Uh, and from Yesay, young Xander, the app developer, he jumped on it. And uh, JD drew the rock. Um, that was the only group from the Ua tribe that actually did it. Uh, the smart you know, way. Fairly. <laughs> smart, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> That's the word for it. So the three trek up a mountain together. They all come back down separately, and then each is presented with the uh, the prisoner's dilemma, as it's called, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, protect or risk your vote. There's a wheel. you got to pick one side. If you protect, you keep your vote for the next tribal. If you risk, and all three risk, then all three lose their votes for the next tribal council. But if there's a split, the ones who chose to keep their vote um, lose it, but the ones who risk it will get an extra vote later on. So are you going to play it safe? Well, Danny did. He protected his vote. He came back to the Luvu tribe. He was straight up about it, and they all bought it, and it was a genuine uh, genuine story tell. He played it safe. Are you guys okay with that? I think it's I, – I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, J.D. And to me, no, I'm not okay with it. I I think that you are a fool if you don't risk your vote. I mean, you have to. It's it's win win because if you this early in the game, you're either gonna get an extra vote or you're gonna bring everybody else down. All three of those guys would lose a vote, so you're you're taking votes away from your your competition. And to to just to protect your vote, you know that somebody's gonna be risking it. So now two. Two of his opponents have extra votes, and that's just that's not worth it to me personally. I would I would definitely have risked my vote. Wow. I personally would have protected this early because of the smaller tribe size and uh and the fact that I would I would be willing to gamble that those extra votes would not reach me. Mm-hmm. Before they are used within their own tribes, if indeed they they 
they would come out of that uh, particular game. So I personally would have protect, but I think it, it, I think it also depends on the vibe you're getting from your tribe. I think Danny understanding that, hey, I'm an ex NFL player. I'm probably this. I'm I'm definitely the strongest person on my team. I might be the strongest person in this game. Sorry, I've got to establish some trust right now. <laughs> You know what I mean? I've got to establish some trust to show that people can work with me. I think that, he, it, it, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, I think Danny made the right decision. I can understand that uh, I can understand risking it as well. But I think, you know, you take it by a tribe by tribe basis. Yeah. yeah Zand, Xander and JD risked it and they came home um, with another vote. Well, Danny did not. I don't know if it was the editing, but I, I felt that, yeah, like Danny needed to play it safe. I don't know. Maybe Danny just Danny just plays that role really well. He's or he is that type of guy. He seems like a loyal team guy. Uh, maybe it's the football in him. I, I don't know. But uh, I, well, I, read- uh, the, I mean, the good thing is that he was able to go through that whole experience and then come back and explain exactly what happened. That was good. Beat for beat. And he didn't have to lie about it. And Xander, to his credit, did the same thing, although I don't understand why he admitted to having the or to risking the vote, because now they're going to wonder if he has that extra vote. Yeah, you got to lie about it. And then you see J.D. We cut to J.D. and he's kind of floundering. And I was, you know, they never revealed that he risked the vote until we actually see the vote at tribal council. So. You're you're either this guy is not very articulate, which is not the case. We've seen him talk very articulately and eloquently throughout the the entire uh, the episode so far. But when it comes to him telling the his tribe what happened, what transpired, he lied. You could tell he was lying. Uh, and I, as far as I can tell, I don't think uh, Ricard bought it at all. No, <laughs> no, Ricard flat Ricard... out was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He said, quote, he's a shady boots liar, which is a great, <laughs> yeah, great I term I've never heard. It, it's interesting because I think that, you know. But it, but it worked I, for him at the same time. I mean, he wasn't voted off. It did work off. for him. I just, I think that he just kind of got caught up in how much of a lie to tell in the moment, yeah, right. you know, yeah. and I think that's what tripped him up. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I yeah, there's just people chiming in on, on the YouTube chat saying he was a bad liar. And I agree, the way they cut it, he was blabbering for a long time. He's like, wait, let me go back. Let me go back and explain this. <laughs> it's like, so we got to, and then there's a wheel. Okay, let me go. Right. Uh, but, but did I mention this? And it was like, okay. Right. It was, oh, and they cued the doty 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 music while like, he's playing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he obviously, yeah, he overdid it. He was he was trying to play that. You know, you know maybe if I say a lot, they'll just kind of get lost in it. Ricard, flight attendant, come on. I, he <laughs> might be just like a like space. Him. I think he is like legitimately just like a spacey guy too. You know what I mean? Like it. I think it's like a combo of all those things. He was trying to figure out where and when. Maybe should I lie? Also, I'm kind of a space case, right. and uh, and you know I'm already playing from behind because, unbeknownst to me, Ricard and other people have caught a weird vibe from me. Yeah, they've caught a weird vibe for sure. But uh, I mean, in the end. Uh, he survived. I guess enough people liked him um, on on that tribe, uh, and like JD, our JD, you said uh, you gotta risk it, and uh, he came through, and it worked. An and now vote. he has an extra vote that he can use. I think until there's six people left in the game, right. and, yes. and nobody knows that he has it. 
or yeah. they may suspect that he has something, but they don't know what it is. And uh, so that's that's the confusing part because uh, Jason, you said earlier, Xander came back and said, "We get a vote now. We get right. an extra vote." But he, he used the word "we," but it's his vote. Right. right. So now, he's, so everybody he, in his tribe. The what's other, this wee shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, yeah. You say, but yeah, say bullshit. Uh, that's that's <laughs> wrong, man. That that ain't true. So everybody knows now that he has an extra vote. I mean, they gotta assume. Yeah, uh, but the the conceit is that when they get to the merge, we're all going to be in, uh, right, in an right. alliance, and so I'm going to use my extra mm. vote to further us as a tribe further. But you know. <laughs> Anyone who watches Survivor knows that that these these original tribes sometimes they work, but sometimes they fall apart right away. So I, I yeah. guess I I saw um, sorry to cut you off, Jason. I saw uh, an argument by uh, Dalton on EW who said if there was any time to risk it and, and potentially lose your vote uh, to go back to that argument, this is the time to do it because uh, there's you know a maximum amount of people, a good amount of people. And it's it's kind of like you know rolling that new challenge die. Like if there's a good time, it's right now where you'd lose your vote, and it may not come into effect. And it probably mm. wouldn't have for anybody if you, unless you're getting voted off. I mean, the people yeah. who are voted off are just plain old voted off in this instance. But yeah, I mean, Sarah definitely should have rolled that dice, right? I mean, <laughs> I, well, that was crazy that she didn't. Yeah, and I read it. I read she didn't. She didn't really regret it either. Uh, I, I guess because what? Why not? <laughs> she yeah. might just be I bad, mean, I, I, bad at Survivor. <laughs> I mean, you know, like yeah. I mean, and she, there's this great shot of Shan saying, "No, don't use it. Don't save it. Save it. Save it." Yeah. Knowing that she's gonna vote for her. It was just, that part was just. That's beautiful. why I think Shan is a real threat to win this oh, game. Totally. <laughs> The Canadian pastor who lives in uh, the U.S. who was also part of a gang. Yeah, I was love it, a, it. Was it a Canadian gang, J.D.? Because uh, I, I don't know. I hope so. Do those exist? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Aren't we, you yeah, in a gang, Taz? <laughs> yeah, totally. This, this is our gang gang right here. <laughs> That's um, right. Okay, so we're going to get to the travel council real quick. Let, let's get to the, the big challenge. Here, here it is. Um, this, this is. This is it. Jeff said, come on in, guys, for the last time. Ricard uh, spoke up and said uh, he didn't appreciate or doesn't believe that it it should be in the lexicon anymore, pointing to the fact that there uh, are are so many people um, that that have uh, that are now the 50 percent diversity rule. He pointed to everybody here, all all the black, all the brown people, uh, how Survivor um, supports the LGBT community. It's time to move on. And Jeff Probst was very happy to move on from it. He said, yes, I'm glad I'm saying it for the last time. Uh, so Jeff Probst is on Twitter looking for suggestions. You guys on Twitter and in the YouTube channel, let us know what should Jeff say. If it's not, come on in, guys. What should it be? Jason, what do you got? I love y'all. Now, it's interesting because I've, I've had the, uh, the guys conversation in a lot of different and diverse groups i think that there is a split of opinion on how gender neutral guys in the common usage really is i honor their decision i personally love y'all come mm-hmm. in and come on in y'all it's very it's folksy 
Uh, it <laughs> feels welcoming and warm. I personally, I, I use it in emails quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I like y'all. Yeah, y'all is... I'm a big y'all fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived here in the South for how, how long have we been here, Taz? Eight, uh, eight. eight years or so? Yeah. I've tried y'all on every once in a while. <laughs> tried it I, on. Uh, Let me see it. Let me see if it fits. It, it feels very alien coming off my tongue, you know. Uh, I do like it because it is, it's inclusive, absolutely, you know. And uh, when I was uh, when I was working at NBA TV, I found myself in a position of authority, and we, and I would have to catch myself. I would was very conscious about saying guys all the time to the crew because obviously it was a very diverse crew, obviously. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, guys, folks, maybe come on in, folks. You know, I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but y'all, I think you're. I think I think it's got to be y'all, or just come on in. You yeah. know. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like he's got to throw something at the end of it too. Uh, y'all is y'all safe. I uh, I feel like it's easier to do in writing as well, JD. It doesn't really flow off the tongue for me, even in right. Uh, eight years of being down here, but yes, yeah, feels it feels good in an email for sure, and in a, a twit. Um, so Jeff uh, continued to explain uh, the shot in the dark die. You guys mentioned that Sarah probably could have played it. Uh, new this Gotta year, play can it. Be, <laughs> yeah, very strange. Uh, if you use it, you lose your vote, but you have a one in six shot at immunity. So he mentioned that before the challenge, which was um, the double elimination. Only the winner skipped tribal council. Were double eliminations for challenges rare in seasons past? Pretty rare, kind of. To be yeah. honest, yeah. When uh, when there's when they start with three tribes, it's usually the top two are immune, and then uh, yeah, only one tribe goes. But yeah, it's a whole new season. It's a whole a new era. It's happening. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, usually uh, it's it's something you would see if they need to balance the numbers somehow because one tribe has been running it up or something of that nature or there is a particularly um strong alliance that maybe isn't conducive to like having a great tv show then sometimes they'd throw stuff like that in there but it, it mm, is right. pretty rare yeah 26 days this is uh it's got it's gonna come fast and furious i think um well i'm thrown to our other series there fast and furious anyways it looked like <laughs> luvu is done in this challenge, uh, they had a big setback. Nasir didn't, or Samir, excuse me, didn't, no, no, Nasir, didn't have a, a bag on the platform. Come on. They had to go back. <laughs> Come on, man. Come um, on, man. <laughs> but they got to puzzle time. Ua got out to a big lead, Sarah and Shan. But something happened. They're struggling. And they realized, Sarah says in an interview after on EW that she realized that there was a puzzle piece in the bag that Shan did not empty out the bag properly. Mm-hmm. And so it was stuck in there. And then Luvu made a comeback. Uh, and then uh, Sarah and Shan finally realized they had a missing piece. Too late. Luvu. What a comeback. And it seemed like they were you gotta dead in the water. Um, you got to shake uh, those bags out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, did you not see what happened with the paddle on the barge? That's exactly what happened. The I mean, it's was... both, both tribes, just attention to detail, not there. Like, mm-hmm. Nasir not having the bag on the other bags is just 
criminal. And then how do you not shake the bags out? And then when you're missing the piece, how is that not the thing that you go to after looking around you don't see it then you shake the bags out like it took way too long for them to get to i'm gonna shake the bags out (laughs) yeah 100 percent correct it's gotta be some good shake that bag memes happening for uh (laughs) for the uh tribe especially because the other four people are just standing there cheering them on serve a purpose and look at the bag Uh, well i don't think they're allowed to tassie well you can look at it it's I suppose, yeah. And they could I tell suppose. them they didn't have to touch it. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe it was maybe it was a little tough to see in those uh, those meshy bags. It's not it's not like see through, but still, um, yeah. That that piece held them back, and that was uh, what led to Sarah's demise. Well, let's get to uh, a quick break, and then we'll get to Sarah's demise because she was extremely <laughs> upset when they got back to camp, and then we'll get to tribal council in a sec. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. We're back on No Buffs. Let's set the scene, because it's going to get spicy. The Ooh Tribe. We mentioned JD, Kia from Oklahoma, Sarah, the healthcare consultant, Beef Walton, making things Beefy. happen. Beefy, <laughs> Father Beef. <laughs> Father Beef. It's a good one. He is, he, I think he's the eldest of the tribe. Or, or, you know, Jeannie's close, the grocery clerk, Jeannie, Shan, the Canadian pastor, Ricard, the flight attendant. This is the spicy tribe. They all get back to camp, and Sarah's crying about the puzzle. She, she was hurt. It, it, it hit her. She thought they, they had it solved. Uh, and then uh, Ricard, he, he's getting into everyone's ear. He, he, he's, he's playing it. He's telling people to get JD off pronto. He goes to Sarah. Let's get JD. Don't trust him. It goes to Jeannie. Let's get JD. Jeannie says, nothing. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. She doesn't screw <laughs> around. Uh, so uh, then, this 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 was the good part. Mister Father Beef. This, this this is his time to shine here. Uh, Ricard, Sarah, and Shan are huddling. They're talking about JD, most likely who to vote off. Brad, aka Father Beef, Beef Walton walks in, and <laughs> Ricard asks him straight up, "Who should we vote off?" It takes a second. Uh, Everybody's sort of like, what do you what do you think? It just say it. And he well, says with Sarah and Shan right there, well, this is this is what I'm thinking. Sarah and Shan are on the table. 
Yeah, he literally did that, Jason. Like <laughs> this one and this one. Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching YouTube, Jason is literally pointing as Brad did. Yeah, yeah. These two people in in front of me, to my left and to my right. If you don't know their names, here are my fingers, Sarah and Shan. <laughs> and uh, in in a quick testimonial, Sarah was taken aback, saying, "Oh man." This guy is old school. He's playing it like in the year, like they played it in the year 2000, <laughs> uh, which she was, she just was disgusted by. Jason, are, are you pro or con just saying it to someone's face like that? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a very dangerous move unless you are looking to cause chaos. I, if that is specifically your goal and you've read your uh, fellow contestants and you feel like that's a, a, something you can accomplish by doing this, I, I don't particularly have a problem with the move. But I, 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 think, I think Big Daddy Beef is mistaken if he thinks that he can just drop people's names to their faces and think that they won't feel a kind of way about it. And I think that's a problem. I think, you know, there... It, as often happens with, I think, uh, some o- older characters sometimes as, as Big Daddy Beef is, there's this like, oh, you've been watching this show, like, you know what it is, it's the game, and you and th- they don't put the personal and the emotional mm-hmm. part of the calculation into it, and they never put that into their formulation. People are going to feel a way about you mentioning their name, and I just think this is unwise unless you are going for chaos. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, he was specifically pointing them out because they were the two that messed up the, the puzzle. And that's what he was thinking because I guess no one else in his mind really deserved it other right. than those two. Sure, but, uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I was curious about the style because I had never seen such a thing in my, uh, my newbie <laughs> survivor status. JD, or what were, what were you thinking when, uh, when Brad dropped the hammer like that? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what Jason has already said. You want to basically get it out of them, who they're talking about. But it is an old school way of playing. When there is no other reason to get rid of somebody, you got to look at the challenge and you got to look at who's to blame for losing the challenge. And, uh, you know, those two were obviously to blame. They they messed up the, the, the puzzle. I mean, you can, obvious in the sense that, they they were the on the puzzle the the piece was missing it was their responsibility so sure it's obvious to go these two clearly are the are should be on the chopping block but you don't you don't just say that and i feel like he was just put on the spot and didn't know what else to say there's this really pregnant pause and he's just like ah yeah you know he looks around he's like well who do you think four of the six people are standing right there i mean like <laughs> and he doesn't want to throw jd under the bus because the next scene he's like man they're throwing your name under the bus you know to to jd right so obviously he's with jd and uh and then so so yeah he just he was put on the spot and he was like, "I guess, I guess I have to tell the truth, and this is what I, this is what I think." So, uh, yeah, it was a mistake, but uh, I think, I think this is going to happen to you in Survivor. You're going to be put on the spot, and you have to be ready with a response, or you have to be a way to finesse it away from the attention away from yeah. you, and say, 
yeah, who do you guys think? Because I honestly don't know. He do Jeannie had a great line. I don't want to vote anybody off, guys. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, got that Bill Walton vibe. Exactly. He's got this sort of like just guy, let's be hippies here. Namaste, namaste, namaste. I don't know. Who do you think, Rickard? Who do you yeah. think? Get yeah. them to say something. Like there's three other people there. See what they who do you think? I don't know. What do you what do you, who are y'all thinking? Obviously mm-hmm. there's four of us here and two not, so <laughs> Anybody in that other group that you're thinking about? Because maybe we could just do them right now. You know, that's the way you kind of have to think. And and I think Sarah, I think Sarah just played this extremely poorly. Forget the puzzle, right? Forget the puzzle. The fact that, and if you like watching it back, Shan masterfully, while empathizing with Sarah, also steered it clearly that it was more her fault than her than my own fault right she did that very subtly and very very wonderfully while also being like i'm so scared too y'all like i'm I'm here with Mm -hmm. you you know and i think sarah instead of like allying with the other person who is on the block who's completely incentivized to like push them overboard you mm-hmm. need to push that person over. You need to be like, well, she didn't shake out the bag, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. She's been talking to everyone, yada, yada. Like, and she just didn't do that. And that coupled with her with her display in tribal council, I think really just kind of sealed her fate. Like, she, she, she didn't play, really. <laughs> um, and right. that was unfortunate. Got to play the game. She, she totally yeah. said that in her interview with Dalton Ross that she... You put a little too many eggs in the basket with her relationship with uh, with Shan and, and Ricard to some degree and didn't play the game like Shan did, uh, who played it for me, for as you guys are saying, masterfully. Uh, she was yeah. talking to everybody, and she went to, to Jeannie, uh, who, who won't say anyone's name. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the other, yeah, there's just there's so many personalities in, in this group with Ricard, Shan, and then Brad, who I just think... If you if in in his testimony or not a testimonial in his uh, his introduction video, I mean he just he looks at the camera and he looks you in the eye, and I just don't think he's the kind of guy who's gonna lie. So when he's asked a question, I mean, yeah, there was a there was a pregnant pause. He thought about it for a sec, but I don't know if he can really scheme at all. Like I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that. That's a great point, and that more than. That more than anything is the is an old school survivor mm-hmm. kind of ethos. I'm gonna play like I'm gonna stay true to my values while I'm playing here. It's like, listen, hate to tell you, those people go out like, <laughs> you know, pre merge. Like that's not gonna happen. So uh, we'll see if if that is indeed the case with with uh, Father Beef. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, it was a good line from Sarah to say. What is this guy doing? This what is this? The year two thousand? Uh, that I mean, that was it was basically a couple years after she was born. She was uh, one of the younger ones, so she felt, you know, that was like when I was three, man. Uh, and as I know, you said that your forty-one Survivor forty-one is uh, is the one for you, uh, Jason. But didn't that make you feel old? That made me feel a little like, uh, <laughs> like and everything another... makes you feel that and that and the fact that Call Me Maybe came out ten years ago. Yeah, that Oof. one. That one actually put me in my grave. <laughs> People called each other ten years ago. Yeah. How do you think I feel? I was thirty when. <laughs> well, twenty nine really when uh, the first season of Survivor. Yeah. So 
don't talk to me about feeling old. <laughs> From Yaso to Yase, um, they, they, we're speaking of old schools. Uh, the, Abraham here, the old school, uh, quickly before we get to their tribal council, um, they were they're pretty open as well. Tiffany and Liana wanted to take out Abraham. Abraham wanted to take out Tiffany and told everybody about it. Uh, mm-hmm. He was just not pulling any punches. Yep. Uh, Abby continued to kick ass and play a, a great social game talking to David. And uh, I, I think in her... Um, introduction video her interviews before this all started you guys tell me about her technique she or evie they mentioned that um they want to take along somebody like like tiffany uh to to drag her to the end to be her goat if i'm uh, if i'm using the proper mm-hmm. term is that is that what you see evie playing because uh feels like that to me evie knows everything that's happening right now she's smarter yeah uh they're smarter than everybody so i feel like that's what's going on i i don't think so i think she she likes tiffany and i think that she thinks she even said she's gonna be loyal to us she's she's not much of a goat player because i think she's actually a threat in this game because I think she's very, very likable. Her backstory is quite touching. I was moved by uh, the surgery that she went through. Um, and if that comes to light within the players, then she's going to be, uh, she's going to be a, a threat, obviously. But I think that Evie is just looking at her as somebody that she can trust more than Abraham. And, uh, you know, Abraham's that again, that's a very old school way of looking at it, but to Jason's point, it's not necessarily a bad strategy in this particular version of Survivor because the resources are so few and you do need strength. And if you keep going back to Tribal Council, especially if they do two every time, yeah. you're going to get decimated. I mean, I they're probably going to merge these these tribes sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, it could happen next episode, really. Because what do we do? We're down to 16 players. At eight and eight, that makes sense to me, but... But yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, uh, nobody likes Tiffany, so I'm bringing her to the end. I don't think she's a goat character quite yet. Um, but I do think that Evie just wants to be, wants to have loyal people around them. So that's what, uh, that's what she's, she's going for. And that's why she wants to keep Tiffany. Yeah, I was impressed by Evie. And I gotta say, I was really impressed by Tiffany's play as well. Knew she was on the block, knew her name was going around didn't react emotionally, which is like the number one, that's how you end up going home as you fly off the Mm -hmm. handle, said, I'm going to look for an idol. Now, she didn't find it, but that's the exact response that you want from someone who's like, I might be going home tonight. I need to get out there and beat the bushes and look. And built up a relationship with Evie uh, that is, it looks to be the foundation of a strong alliance. I thought she played really well, considering the hand she was dealt. Um, I, I was impressed by her, especially coming in and, and maybe not expecting that much from her, you know, from the bio that I read that seemed like, oh, if she if she snaps into mother mode, which we've seen happen on past survivors and doesn't work out well, that could be her downfall. I thought she played I thought she played really well considering the hand she was dealt. And she was an alternate as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, she wasn't oh, selected wow. uh, immediately unless I, I think it, I think it was her. like 24 hours before the plane was leaving. Yeah. She was just like, oh, I'm leaving. Hey, kids. <laughs> Gan. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. The backstory is uh, uh, maybe she doesn't have kids. She had a double mastectomy. She's a previvor because her, her mother had uh, ovarian cancer. And so she uh, removed both her ovaries, uh, previvor the term there. So that's uh, yeah, it was a great story for that. If that does come out, that's. Uh, She's got that card to play, I guess. I guess you yeah. got to use all your cards. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, she went to tribal council uh, along with Abraham. Those were the two on the block, as you said, Jason. Um, and so uh, Abraham, you know, spoke in circles there a little bit at uh, tribal council. <laughs> Did a good job of that. And Jeff called him out uh, immediately. <laughs> uh, said, you, you seem like you played Survivor before. You okay. used a lot of words without saying anything. <laughs> And uh, Tiffany went right at him, and uh, that was that was surprising to me, anyways. How it was such a straight vote, um, five one. Good night, Irene. Uh, the only person to vote for Tiffany was Abraham, and everybody else voted for uh, for Abraham. Jason, were you surprised by that? Not, I mean, a little bit, but it, honestly, it's a classic. You tried to be the boss, and you got voted out. Survivor elimination, um, it, it happens almost every season. Someone try it, it, and it's often like these uh, a guy who feels like by dint of their age and experience, they are just automatically slotted into a position of authority, um, and they start trying to pull the strings and guide things in a certain direction. People and that gives people the wrong vibe, and that person ends up going home. It happens quite often. So I I was a little surprised in the sense that, you know, like uh, I, we're waiting to see the effect of these diminished resources on decision-making. But aside from that, this was a classic survivor elimination. Yeah, I thought yeah. the only thing that I, I – I'm not sure if this was a play or not, but the only thing that kind of sur- surprised me was – uh, you know, besides the vote, was Evie said when Evie was asked uh, just about the team going forward, I guess, Evie said strength is important. So I don't know if that was a smoke screen to say that maybe Abraham is uh, not going not gonna to get my vote, but obviously did get Evie's vote. So maybe Evie's just just Why knew what was going on. They yeah. all They all seemed to know what the heck was going on, and maybe that was just a... Just a smart little move by Evie, um, <laughs> as Evie seems to be uh, pulling off. So uh, to the other tribal council, because it's a double elimination here. And uh, we mentioned uh, this one where it was uh, a live tribal council, as they say, where they yeah. just start talking. I love a live, I love a live tribal. <laughs> <laughs> like throw out the first hour and 50 minutes of the show because they were leaning Seemingly towards uh, JD, uh, beef, beef battle, Brad, daddy beef, uh, through <laughs> through in there. Uh, no way, it's uh, it's Shan or Sarah on the board, and then uh, at the tribal council, JD was talking, and then Ricard uh, gets in Shan's ear uh, to vote for Brad, and uh, JD picked that up, saw them whispering, uh, probes to ask him, hey. Uh, is this a little worrisome to you? Those people talking over there? He's like, yeah, uh, yeah, 
This is terrifying, <laughs> man. Um, but then Ricard tried to, you know, tried to mend that fancy. Went to JD and said, "We're voting Brad." JD got up, went over to Shan and said, "This is a dumb idea to vote Brad." So great Survivor Mike's picking everything up. Um, those uh, the whispers were not too whispery, uh, and uh, and then uh, this was sort of the point where. Shan was playing both sides because JD yeah. uh, basically laid it out to her. I'm with you. Who do you want, Brad or Sarah? And then we didn't get an answer from Shan, but uh, seemingly she's the decision maker. She seems like she's running the show there and decided that she's crushing um, it. <laughs> Sarah's she's crushing had to it. go. Yeah, I mean, Shan, Shan, like, uh, sorry, Shan, it, she has that uh, uh, confessional where she talks about, like, in one sense, I'm on the top because of this, but on the other sense, because I'm right. in the bottom because of this, but I'm also in the middle because of the way the votes are breaking out. I think she's extremely dangerous in all of this. And JD, it was, f- it's interesting to watch JD's performance in this tribal because he like almost talked himself into being voted out, then talked <laughs> himself out of it, and then talked Brad out of it. But he was like just gonna continue talking as everybody else schemed behind him. I'm like, man, what are you doing? You need to get involved in this. Yeah, that was, uh, that was wild where he, where he was, he was talking and he was, yeah, as you said, he just kept talking and talking and Brad, who I think just being a straight shooter said, I don't know what's up with your paranoia, man. Like what, what, what <laughs> yeah. why are you so paranoid? Uh, are, are you good? And JD said, yeah, I'm good. And Brad said, I'm good. And uh, they ended up being good. Uh, they ended up uh, turning on Sarah. And um, Jeannie was the only one who uh, threw Not a vote the out loop. there. Not in the <laughs> loop. Yeah. Yeah. What's I'm going saying on she, I think she was in the loop. I, oh, I'm I, I like that. By that. I, I like I'm this theory, though. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Throwing it's out just a, I, It's just so they, they walk into to tribal council, and the plan, I assume, is to vote out Sarah. Right. And then Ricard inexplicably says Brad, Brad. we're voting I'm yeah. voting Brad let's vote Brad and I didn't understand why like what changed like what was the was was he did he just take pity on Sarah because she was of what she was saying or did he just have a change of heart or was he just thinking that he is more in control and trying to flex I mean I I couldn't really tell but it looks it seems like the original plan is what ended up happening, which was Sarah was voted up. But it was just sort of out of the blue. When you go back and you sort of think about what happened, yeah. I don't get why Brad was suddenly a target and he wanted to change all of a sudden. Uh, I mean, my theory is that Ricard seeing the way this is breaking and wanting JD out sooner rather than later thought, OK, Sarah will be indebted to me if I save her right now. Let's get Brad out. He and and JD are kind of have been talking. Cut the legs out from JD. And now I have mm-hmm. numbers three to two, and we can we can do JD, we can do Gino, Jeannie, right. wh- whatever we want to do. I think that maybe he was. That's the only thing I can think. But that's like classic counting your chickens before they're hatched kind of <laughs> <Right>. behavior. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that idea that that. Because those two, Brad and JD, seem to be aligning themselves. That would make uh, a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, so four people vote for Sarah, Ricard, JD, Shan, and Brad. Sarah voted Brad, and uh, Jeannie, you called her intriguing as well, JD, going into the uh, 
going into Survivor 41 here. And uh, what was she doing? Getting back to that again. What was she doing by throwing that one vote, that singular vote, to Ricard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's exactly. There's one of two options. She's completely out of the loop. She doesn't like Ricard, and so she voted for Ricard. Or that was the safety vote in case Sarah used the die to try to save herself miraculously. 16.8%. She, 16.7. Sorry, She saves herself, and then there's a vote for the person who is next in line in the power rankings, as far as uh, Ua is con- concerned. I mean, I don't. I like that theory better because it's more interesting to me. But uh, and Shan is obviously the ringleader here. Yeah, she's playing everybody, and it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful, and uh, you know. It could be that we that the first very first scene we see with Ua on the beach is Jeannie going, ah, I'm on totally on the bottom. I, nobody told me. I didn't yeah. know we were voting for Sarah. It could it could be that, but uh, I don't think so. I don't think so with this crew. With this crew, these these people are way too savvy. Yeah, I agree. And I gotta say, the way it broke down, if I'm Ricard, I've gotta f- I've gotta flip it on JD because you gotta feel like they're coming for you next mm-hmm. like w- whatever people say you put a lot of effort into making a thing happen and a lot of people heard your voice and then it didn't happen and then you had a vote cast against you I would be worried if I was him um, I would be extremely concerned yeah that's fair because the JD Brad Shan grouping uh, then with the, I mean that's those three are strong. It sure feels like, and then Jeannie and Ricard round out those that that group there. But as you said, JD, uh, maybe that breaks real quick, uh, and uh, there's a merge. But it could happen. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So maybe we'll that see. maybe that could save him. Um, so uh, I just wanted to to mention that Sarah. Mm-hmm. was interviewed afterwards. She agrees with you guys. She thinks the plan was going into tribal council to knock her off. Uh, she said, quote, I genuinely think it was me back at camp. It didn't just happen at tribal council. Also, they didn't show this, but I was literally walking on the trail and I saw the five of them talking and I was not included in it. So yeah. I knew it was, it was me going into <laughs> tribal, but I genuinely thought Shan wanted to change it to Brad in that moment. Uh, it was very evident to me, and that's why I hesitated to play the shot wow. to play it. To play yeah, that I die. think I think Sarah just it just played this as as poorly as you could play it. And and the other thing is the you know her display at tribal. I think you know what you want to depict there is that you are somebody that people can work with, and she came off like somebody who might blow up an alliance if you had it with her, like would not be able to like hold it together. So I think that um, a tough appearance for her, she should have been a little bit more ruthless in her dealings with Shan, like and immediately started Mm. lobbying to get (laughs) Shan out of this show. Uh, And she didn't do that. And she ended up going home. Yeah, I, I just think she was a little stunned by what was happening. She wasn't, wasn't ready for the lights. Lights too bright for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happens when two people are talking at a tribal council like that, and she wanted to interject? There was, I think it was, it was JD and Shan sort of off to the side. She felt like she could be a part of it, and she wanted to jump in, and she was 
extremely polite and said, can I get in here? Uh, and they just kind of looked at her. Or, and then she said, or do you guys want a moment? Do you just jump in? Because yeah. This was, this was for life, life on the line. line. You know, what are yeah. you, moment? These are the last moments on the show. You got to get in there. Uh, you got to talk to people. Like if people aren't, one of my pet peeves on Survivor, and I think a lot of it is about how this show, because of the, lack of food because of the long hours you're around strangers it breaks you down to like your essential personality a lot you see that happen a lot mm -hmm. but it, it drives me crazy when somebody will be sitting on the beach and they'll see three people sitting over there like they didn't include me they're talking about me. it's like go over there what's yeah. stopping you like you should go over there because they're not going to come over here and so you need to do that to stay in the game and, and i know that's hard for that's hard because that's like an ingrained thing that people have from their own history and all their experiences. But like, you just got to stick your nose in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and it is interesting. The two youngest people, Sarah and JD, were developing a bit of a rapport. JD said, uh, you know, young people don't generally go too far. Let's change that up. Uh, but they are on the opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of what you were just talking about. Jason, JD is right up in every conversation, while Sarah yeah, was a little bit, uh, a little bit hesitant. She did say, "I think it was genuinely really close to converting to Brad, but uh, Shan played it perfectly, as we saw." Um, and so, and so, and it looks like she did nothing. That's the other thing. Yeah, it right, looks yes. like everyone, like there, what, whoever made that decision, it wasn't her. And and whoever was about to swing it to Brad, she was not involved. That was she was just going with the flow. So it's just great what she's doing right now. Yeah, if we we keep with the with the sports analogies, the lights too bright for Sarah. She's like an incredible athlete that makes it look easy. She doesn't even yeah. have to try. It just, just comes so naturally to her. Uh, the pastor who is, yeah, humming the evil tune in her <laughs> yeah. brain as she, as, she, <laughs> as she makes it happen. Uh, she is so great. Um, and uh, I just want to point out one other thing I read from uh, Abraham because he likes to toot his own toot, uh, yeah. as we've uh, talked about. Uh, he said, because I'm intrigued by this, he said uh, he didn't have any regrets uh, again, the strongest person has never been voted off Survivor. And then uh, that they never showed the chair I built for the tribe. So I'm actually intrigued. I want to see the mm. chair that they that he built uh, for the group if they, if they, they do show it at some <laughs> they point. They never um, showed my chair. <laughs> where's my chair? It's real. Uh, wow, coming for Wendell's throne already. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Wendell's spot. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take uh, one more break, but we got some things to do after. We're going to see if you guys want to redo any of your predictions. We'll look at mm -hmm. next week's episode, and we'll also look at the game within the game, uh, which happened here for the first time in Survivor 41. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, baby, back with no buffs. Uh, it is tough to make predictions leading in to Survivor, right? <laughs> like it is. Before you've seen it. It's impossible. Any- Let's just, it's impossible. It's not yeah. a thing that you could credibly do on a regular basis and be right. <laughs> you, guys, you guys were pretty good, though, even though considering, yeah, like, uh, so, so, so because it is impossible, I think we should, give you a chance to redo whatever you want i love it uh, i love it uh, a second like, chance because you weren't you weren't even that off uh, anyways uh, yeah i the only the only season i watched was edge of extinction which is lame but let's uh <laughs> let, let's give you guys an edge of extinction shot i mean you I went back it. you went to that island come on back you guys um the, the obviously the the first person to be booted uh, is obviously come and gone uh mm-hmm. but jd you, you picked tiffany who got a vote so it's close. Yeah. The closest you can get without, you know, banging home uh, the Abraham or um, Sarah. I mean, that's... Yeah, true. Yeah. You know. and, and Jason, you pick Xander, who we didn't talk about much, but how do you feel he played? Because... I think that he, um, he didn't do much, but in the context of his tribe, I thought he played rather well. It didn't... Now, uh, that's... Despite the fact that he didn't take advantage of the time with David gathering the water to like f- build a relationship there, but mm-hmm. you know it was clear things were going in a certain way, and he stood out of the way, and I thought that was pretty smart. Like when it's when it's going a way that is not you, just let it happen and don't mm. peep up too much. And I thought he did that, so I think he played actually pretty well. And he's got an extra vote in his shorts uh, yep. at, for for some point down the line. Uh, so I guess this is where it's a you know a little a little nasty here. JD, you picked your star of Sarah Wilson, <laughs> uh, the long distance swimmer, the MIT grad who uh, did not make it past week one. But yeah, not redo. enough swimming in this first episode. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right, she was your, uh, your your swimming star. Um, yeah. Ah, what are you gonna do? And she messed. If it to my in my defense, if that extra puzzle piece was out, right, her MIT gradiness would have uh, <laughs> prevailed because I they were way far ahead in that puzzle. They were crushing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So my bad on Sarah. <laughs> I should have taken her youth into consideration, I guess. But uh, I was uh, I was I had high hopes for her. That's uh, all right. You're you're yeah. back on the island. Pick another star. Who's going to star the rest of the way? I guess. I mean, we've talked about a a lot yeah. of star Ooh. potential here. You know, I'm gonna I'm promoting uh, Jeannie to uh, a star. She I love was it. Uh, somebody who I was intrigued by, but uh, you know, I thought uh, that it is was possible that she could flounder a bit in these first early days of the the game, but she definitely isn't. Uh, 
<laughs> again, she may have been totally out on that vote, but then again, uh, I I believe that she was in on it all the time. She was smart enough not to to give uh, Shan a name when she was asked directly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love her, and I love her vibe. Uh, so I think that uh, she's uh, she could be seeing some of that Sia money at least, right? I mean, <laughs> she is a very very likable player so far for me. Yeah, and uh, what's the Sia money again? Oh, she just gives money to a player that she yeah. really likes. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm like Sia. Could be. I hope to see ya. It's a hundred. So yeah, it's just like Sia likes you and gives you a hundred thousand dollars. That's great. Right. <laughs> she just like pushes the pushes the beaded like thing like this and is like that person I like a hundred grand and then closes it up. Uh, yeah, she's, Jeannie, super likable. I can see Sia dropping a hundred k. The backstory was awesome. Of, oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was heartwarming. Was, yeah. So she was a traditional family who wouldn't necessarily be accepting of uh, her being gay. But uh, when her partner proposed to her, she thought, okay, I got got to tell mom. She hadn't told her mother. And so her mother, without saying, I accept or I I, I will not stand for it, she just gave her a diamond that belonged to her mother, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she gave it to her fiancé, and and that was that. So my, my only qualm with Jeannie, she said that, the best moment of her life is being on Survivor. I would think that that moment we just described right there is probably the best moment of her life. Well, yeah, you get carried away. You do what you got to do, Jeannie. Yeah, uh, you're going to get that recency money. bias. Recency yeah. bias. <laughs> right. You got another 100 k to buy some diamonds, hopefully. Uh, uh, speaking of the family packages, what did you guys think of them? The Because uh, that's new for Survivor Tassie. They... Uh, the the sort of flashback and see actually seeing the families in little montages when they're describing their backstories was new. So I was curious, Jason, what it, what you thought of them and Tass as well. Uh, I thought in the context of a shortened season in which we are likely not going to get a family visit uh, because of quarantine, et cetera, that this was a great way to work that backstory into the flow of the program. I liked it. Um, obviously if we're going for a full 39 day season, maybe we don't need it, but I liked it. Yeah. So any backstory just wouldn't show a family member in, in, it was all in their own words. And that's what sort of my Uh, take on it was, is that, uh, I found it a little, uh, I mean, let me say this. I was moved by almost all of them. Like, uh, especially Jeannie, Tiffany as well. Uh, even Ricard's, uh, lovely stories lovely backstories uh uh beef walton as well uh with his seeing a shot of his dad usually you would just that was, see that was that was nice yeah it, it was really nice and and you know here's this guy who's just lost his father normal in a normal season he would just say i've i lost my father before coming out here and you wouldn't see the images to go along with it so um you know i i feel like that as you say, Jason, I don't think we're going to get a, a loved one's visit. So, uh, you know, I think this is substituting for it. But I have to say that I didn't love it on the first episode because I like just meeting these people for the first time and just the way they're meeting each other face value, you know. And I and you do get these stories, but we don't get the images to go along with them. And I 
uh, I don't know. It was just, it was jarring almost. And I love the family visit when suddenly you see these people <laughs> for the first time they, that you have, they have, uh, you know, they're living, breathing people and it's just, and they're all clean and they've, yeah. they've come from the real world, you know, and, and I've always loved that part of it. It's like, oh, I wonder what Jeannie's wife looks like. And you, and they see each other and Jeannie is a mess because she's been on the beach for, you know, uh, three weeks. You know, I like seeing that, but uh, we're not going to get that this year. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out there that I was, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't love that part of it <laughs> at this point. I think that down the road, when there's a loved one's visit or a substitute, then we start seeing that stuff. But uh, I like meeting people on the beach without the crew around, (laughs) you know, uh, and getting them at face value and and learning to get to know them the way that I would as a contestant if I was on the show. Yeah, but we're not getting that. I know. You know what? It's it's funny, uh, uh, J.D., the one the thing that made me feel like that was uh the guy who came out to the beach to uh in the boat to like invite <laughs> the three contestants to go up the hill that was the one time that I was like is there not like a more in the flow of the game way to do this and have like some guy like drive up on a boat like this is yeah. so why are we doing that that was the one thing everything else like I get it because of the shortened season and I thought these were fine and adequate solutions and, and and quite artful at times that the guy in the boat was the one thing I was like, that's weird. Just have a guy pull up in a boat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, traditionally they would, they would give you tree mail and it'd be like, pick somebody and a boat's going to pick you up. And then you just see a shot of them going off in the boat. So yeah, it's a great point. Uh, Let's get to a couple more predictions. Your star prediction, Jason, Erica, it was, it was kind of invisible uh, in this episode. Didn't do a lot. The communications manager from Canada, um, but you're sticking with your uh, your star prediction there, or do you want to go in a, a different direction? I'm going to stick with it. I We didn't get much of her, but I thought that sh- what we got was quite energetic and there's clearly a lot of personality there. And I think in the context... I think in the context of the Luvu tribe, uh, that is a very like brawny, strong tribe. She really does mm-hmm. have the chance to like stand out a, a, as the star. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay with that, um, yeah. even though we didn't see that much at this particular time. Yeah, we didn't see that much because her tribe won. Yeah, <laughs> you know, essentially. I mean, yeah, right. Uh, uh, Nasir stole some of that. Um, that camera time because he was, you know, saying some stuff. <laughs> hey. They're looking for idols out there. Uh, Danny and Deshaun were, you know, being muscular. Deshaun, the med student. Danny, the the DB, uh, football player. Uh, but I agree with you. Along with Heather, the stay-at-home mom in Sydney, um, who also we didn't get a lot of. Uh, Erica could could definitely stand out. It's a, it is the the Sydney, brawnier group. Some Courtney vibes a little bit, like that kind of acerbic, like roast master. I'm going to say something really <laughs> funny right now. I'm going to right. make fun of you with this little dart, maybe. I got that kind of vibe from Sydney. So Sydney, a dark horse candidate for that as well. I think she's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what season was, who's Courtney? Give me some. Uh... Uh, Courtney uh, was in China. And then I believe, oh, I want to say yeah. Second Chances or uh, either that or Game Changers. One of the ones where, where you come back. Uh, Courtney is a, a blonde woman who is extremely skinny. Mm. I don't remember her. And right. and very, very funny. Like she 
is just with, <laughs> she had some of the best comeback lines like Tyson level I'm going to make fun <laughs> of you right now kind of stuff uh, yeah Sydney in, in watching some of her uh, her backstory she's a uh, heroes versus villains she, she's a uh, law student she's, she's quippy I agree yeah. uh, she can she can bring that and there, your last prediction before we get to a couple other things your winners still alive have been mentioned plenty in this episode here recapping episode one Chantel Smith for you, JD. Oh yeah, you I'm sticking it. with sticking with Sean. I I'm so happy with my pick. Shot in the dark there, Homer pick really. <laughs> um, but wow, uh, she came through for me. So I'm 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 sticking with uh, with Shan for now. Doing it all, and as you said, uh, uh, Jason earlier, when she, when she was you know kind of uh, miming out the the pyramid, and she was saying, you know, I may be on the bottom for this category but I'm on top in terms of the social game like she just knows her place she knows it she knows it really really well your pick was Ricard Foyer the flight attendant who we've also uh, mentioned plenty but that's going to be a, a <laughs> heck of a tribe going forward those two on the on the same team for now yeah if I could you know like it, it it's recency bias maybe but I would probably flip Chantel for for Ricard at this point I think Ricard Again, uh, playing very obviously hard and all the fingerprints are his fingerprints. And <laughs> I would not be surprised to see him. And he's qu- and cl- quite clearly a player, too, like someone you need to watch out for. Uh, obviously capable of coming up with something that maybe someone wouldn't see coming. And so I would think that he looks like a target. I would not be surprised to see him go. And I think... Shan has played incredibly well, and they don't give you a theme. They don't put that in and then say, hey, composers, <laughs> write a theme if you are not in it, if you are not mm-hmm. a contender. Mm. So I, I would I would flip it right now if I had the opportunity. That's a very good point. Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to something that was new for this year. Uh, it was uh, the question of what they're going to do with this uh, – thing for the kids at home this this puzzle essentially for the kids at home the game within the game what are they going to do and what they did for the kids out there was they had one flat one one frame essentially of a puzzle uh go to survivorgwg.com and we're showing it to you on youtube right now figure this thing out Uh, my question first did you guys go to survivorgwg.com jason did you i didn't do it Okay. Uh, Let me tell you he, what happened he, and why I didn't. Yeah, do you it. tell. Tell us. Tell us. Because what the thing came on the screen, and I said, "Oh, <laughs> it's the game within the game." Pause it. <laughs> and my girlfriend goes, "That's for kids." And I just was like, "Ah, <laughs> oh. oh man." <laughs> and now I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> wow! Wow! <sighs> That's uh, hilarious. Uh, for- I definitely went to it and I did it all, <laughs> of course. Uh, so this was the Rebus who was on the side of the platform during the uh, immunity challenge. Um, it uh, it took me a very long time to figure it out <laughs> because I'm an idiot. Uh, it's day one alliance, obviously. Uh, yeah. I did get it right on the, the when I finally figured it out. I, I did get it on the first try. Uh, And then there's a, afterwards, it takes you to a word scramble. Um, 
anyway, it was fun. I kind of liked it. But here's the thing: I was that was sort of like, I was that we see a shot of it. And I was like, ooh. There it is. There it is. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I know where it is. I'm going to have to go back and I'll screen grab that and I'm going to figure it out. And then I went on to Twitter and Twitter was a mess last night because the mass Singer was on and uh, the Goldbergs were saying goodbye to George Hamilton. So my feed was just crazy. And then the Survivor, Survivor. But then I go, then I see Survivor like almost immediately after it happens, like the first commercial break. They just post it. They post the they post the screen grab of it. It was like, well, that wasn't difficult. Like, why did you? I thought we were supposed to hunt for it and then see it within the two hour episode. I thought that was all part of it, but now nope, they just put it right up. And then when you go to the website, it's right there anyway. So, I mean, but again, it's for kids. So, <laughs> right. I don't know why I'm getting so. Yeah, upset Jeff about loves it. Jeff <laughs> loves the outreach to the kids. You know that he was absolutely like fucking sweaty and aroused when JD was talking about how he's been watching it since he was a kid and he was molded by it. He's like, yes. All this work is paying off. Um, so, did it work on the kids? Did Jackson... Uh, nah, they didn't notes? watch last night because they were in a play so they were at a rehearsal. So, uh, he didn't come in till uh, till that. Uh, what you might call it, travel council. So he missed it, but uh, we're, we'll play next time together. We'll 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 play it together. But uh, everybody loves a rebus. I mean, it's yeah. I know they're great. They're fun. Other than uh, Jason's girlfriend, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I I went on immediately, and I I did it with my wife because I was even if she said it was for kids, I was I, I was it. not going to hang my head. I mean, I'm the I'm the the novice here. I don't know anything about Survivor. I'm I'm like a kid watching this. I I love a Rebus. Who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't love a Rebus? Yeah. Um, uh, let's uh, quickly touch on uh, next week's episode. They had a, a 30 second trailer. It was uh, Beef Walton running a lot. <laughs> yeah. What, what's up? What's up with Beef? Where's he running? Any? Uh, yeah, my any... guy's on the block. He's looking for that idol. Oh, big. My time. guy feels there, it. He feels. The, it he feels the guillotine blade on the back of his neck, and he's <laughs> looking for that idol. <laughs> Uh, that was awesome. Um, there's uh, Nasir swinging at something in a tree. I guess he's trying to knock something down. I don't know why. And he's successful. Uh, I don't know what that is. And then Liana dropping an oh shit um, for something. So, uh, yeah, well, just- also they were saying, we're going to learn as much from this guy as we can before we eliminate him. And I think they were... They- the assumption is it's Nasir, but who knows? Because they 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 love to throw a lot of red herrings in these. Yeah, they love to these do that. next time on. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Nasir has some skills, right? So you know, glean off the old guy and then get rid of him. And they obviously they they want to they seem to want to get rid of Nasir, so he could be in trouble. So. Good old beef and Samir could be <laughs> on their way out. So is it Samir? I'm sorry. Is it Nasir? Nasir. Yes, yeah, Nasir. 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 My apologies. My no, apologies. that's that's me. I said it earlier. I, I screwed yeah. it up. I'm I'm swapping swapping letters for no reason. Uh, so that that's all me. That's all me. Um, that that's it for uh, for my notes. You guys got anything to uh, to add at all about Survivor 41 back? In your lives? Um, I'm just excited to see where this goes. And if... I mean, it's clear that people are going to start starving soon. 
The first elimination challenge was extremely strenuous. Are we going to get a Koa Rong situation where people are just falling down? Like, what's going to happen? I'm really interested to see that. Yeah, it's no true. rice, he no keeps, rice. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's big, is it not, J.D.? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know how I get when I haven't had lunch. I mean, <laughs> God, can you imagine? <laughs> and uh, and Probes keeps saying, this is we're making it more dangerous. Yeah. And at first I was like, okay, he means like it's really a lot more dangerous for you to be voted out. Right. But now it seems like it could be physically dangerous. Like uh, people starving. Uh, I think they're there at a different time of year. So it seems like heat is a factor again. So we may have another co wrong. So who knows? I mean, I don't know. And there was a weird, <laughs> I have only one random thing that I want to throw out there. And it's the, my, my least favorite cocktail socks on the beach, because there were a lot of people <laughs> wearing socks on the beach. So I don't know if that was because, especially when they were doing that, uh, the challenge with uh, the water bringing challenge. the water. Yeah. Just like, why are they wearing socks? It's like, uh, is is that sand so hot that you have to wear socks to be walking that much? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So um, I think heat, heat, bugs, starvation is going to probably be a, a big factor this year. What are you doing, Deshaun? I I, I was ex- <laughs> I was totally perplexed by that too, JD. He was he was doing the water challenge at first. Like he jumped right into it. I guess maybe that was part of it. It was also right off the bat. I think most of the the sock talk, like as we said, you know, people paddling in one spot for a long time, just hyped to be on Survivor. And I guess Deshaun was sort of the same way. I, I, I that was that was weird. I thought it was like sunset too. It didn't <laughs> seem like it was super hot on that sand. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, oh, there's no way it was sunset. It was four hours of them doing that's, that. That's a good point. It was still light out after. But I don't know. What's 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 the uh, the sun moon ratio in Fiji in March? <laughs> great I don't know. question. It's a great question. Probably probably not that long. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, that is it for us. Just a reminder: you got to subscribe to the No Buffs YouTube channel and podcast feed to continue to get these weekly. Jason will be back with us next week, and you'll get Trey and Skeets back uh, along with JD. So looking forward to Survivor 41. You going with the uh, same background next week, you think, Jason? Or um, It depends on what the weather is, obviously. <laughs> you know, um, we it's nice day today, so we got lucky. But, you know, obviously, like, we're out here in the, in the elements. So whatever happens, happens. I'm, I'm just happy to be out here on the island. Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing your equipment out there. We uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> we'll see you next week. But for now, the tribe has spoken.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.